Hi, and welcome to Fashion Talks, the podcast about observing the world through the lens of fashion. And I am here with Miss Gigi Gorgeous. Hello, I love the way you said my name, Gigi. Oh, well, it is the French in me. I love it. <laughs> very chic. We're starting off very nice. Welcome to Toronto. I know you just flew in last night, so appreciate the jet lag factor that you are overcoming for us to chat today. Yes, thank you for having me on, first of all. And we're at the Hazleton Hotel. So any jet lag is just like not even there in my mind because it, this is like my favorite hotel ever. It's really beautiful. It here. is. I'm like, can I live here? <laughs> I'm sure one of us could if the price and opportunity was right. Um, let's start at the beginning, Gigi, because I think it's so cool to sort of hear people's stories from the very, very beginning. So where were you born? What's your family makeup like? So I was born in Montreal, Canada, and I grew up in Burlington, Mississauga, Toronto, and my family upbringing was very, very normal. Like my parents were together. I had two brothers. Um, you know, there was never any divorce or anything crazy in my life. So I was brought up with a lot of love. And I think that that's kind of like where my standard for love lies now because it was so high growing up. And as far as fashion, I was kind of all over the place. I mean, being trans at, um, later in my life, I think I kind of put fashion to the back burner. And I was, I was very into like the American apparel, deep V-neck. Like that was my really risque outfit. So like <laughs> now I look back, I'm like, oh my God, like that, that young kid was just begging for a makeover. What kind of kid were you when you were growing up? How do you remember that younger version of yourself? I was really, really outgoing. I was always really, um, you know, a people person. I always got on my report card, like, oh, you know, talks too much or needs to focus more, but I would always get the work done. It's just like, I always really wanted to socialize and I never saw a problem with that and neither did my mom like whenever I would get my report card she would be like it is fine you're socializing it's better than being quiet in the back and you know like not making friends and I agree I think talking is like the best thing ever it's like I need to have that connection with people all the time connection is exactly the word I was going to use and I think it's so important when parents validate the attributes of their kids, which might not always be celebrated in the traditional realms like the classroom and the workforce and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? I'm the kind of person personally that if I'm told don't do this or you can't do this, it makes me want to do it more. So if I were to hear, you know, I talk too much at school and, oh, you know, don't talk at school too much, I'd be like, um, I'm still going to do it and probably even more. <laughs> when you think of that young self, do you yeah. have an outfit that you kind of envision that that time in your life that you would wear? I do. So actually, it's funny that you say that because I would plan an outfit once a month because I went to a Catholic school. So I would always be in a uniform and it was nice because it kind of got me um, experiencing more with makeup and more with my hair because it was like I could really just be creative from the neck up. And then the rest was just like, you know, decided for me. So once a month, we got dress down day, which was like the last Friday of the month. We had those too. Yes. And it was so exciting because it's like you get to see what everyone's wearing. And I would either wear like, like a red Lacoste polo, really crisp. I still love those polos. I think they're fab. But back then, obviously, I'd be wearing the male one. <laughs> and I would wear, you know, whether it's a pair of like Aritzia jeans which Aritzia was like a huge splurge for me. Anything from there, I was like, okay. I feel you, sister. And then um, on the feet, I think 
Maybe I would wear like a pair of moccasins or something. I was really into those because they were kind of feminine, but you could kind of get away with them and not have anyone say anything, <laughs> I guess. When were you aware of fashion being something more than just clothing that covers our bodies? I think ultimately Lady Gaga really, really brought out the fashionista in myself and all, like everyone around the world. I think the things that she did were so extravagant and we were just talking about theater before we went live, but it's like she is just the epitome of just taking it there. So I thought, you know what, like I need to start you know, she inspired me. So I was like, I need to start really going there with my style. So I would literally spend like $500 at Forever 21. And although it wasn't Lady Gaga, Jean-Paul Gaultier couture, it was, you know, really cute mini dresses with little gloves and headbands. And, you know, I would shop, um, I'd get like the tallest heels from Aldo and I would just really start expressing myself that way. And then I was like, fashion can change how you feel. And especially like being like expressing to the world or presenting as more feminine is like something that's so little like it could be even just from wearing like a little girl's t-shirt and it, like other than a boy's t-shirt and you just feel it absolutely well and it's little details right like where the seam sits on your shoulder absolutely. or where it cuts in at the waist like those small details inform so much about how we feel in the clothes yeah and then when you see photos of yourself, I just got chills again. <laughs> what is going on? Um, uh, yeah, when you see photos, it's like, oh my God, like, okay, that works, that doesn't, or that's my favorite new handbag or the favorite new t-shirt, whatever. And then you feel like a better or a best version of yourself. Yeah, when you absolutely. Do that. It, it gives you confidence, you know? 100%. So what, when you moved to LA from La Belle Provence, um, how old were you when you hit the LA I was, well, I was going there a lot. I would say probably from the age of 18, I was going a lot. And I would always go out there for a job, like a brand would fly me out there. And I would always, 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 always extend my trip. I'd be like, oh my God, sorry, dad. I just have to, you know, just stay an extra week. There's this party I need to go to. What's one to do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like once you're in the place you want to be at, it's just like, there's nothing else. And for me too, it was like, it was a really hard time in my transition in my life because in Canada, I was, I was really having to train everyone to switch my pronouns, switch my name. I'm a very social person, like I said. So it's like, I can't just like go away in my shell and then come back this new person. We all got to work through it. So when I landed in LA, there was no training to be done. People just knew me as Gigi. People just knew me as she, and they didn't know the old me. So I felt so comfortable there and I could dress crazier than ever and I could just live my life without any worry or anxiety. That must have been so, I don't use the word liberating because that can sound heavy, but just the lightness that must have come with that. Yeah, it was, it was really, it was like a weight lifted off my shoulders and not to say that my family and friends like, you know, were bad during my transition or like discouraging, but it's just like. I'm like a very quick person. My patience is very low when, especially when it's this re repeating thing. It's like, you know what? I, I've told you this before. We all know this. Like, why are we slipping up? And in LA, they don't do that. So I was just like, yeah, I'm going to stay. And then I'm going to shop and go to parties and, you know, live my life, live my LA girl life. What do you remember about what fashion meant to you at that time when you were spending, you know, your, your time in LA and there was that lightness that you were just talking about. 
I think fashion then got a little bit more intense and heavy because in LA, it's literally all about who you're wearing, who you're with, what trends are hot right now, or if you're against the trends, what are you wearing? Because people, I mean, the friends that I was hanging around a lot of that time um, during my life were just club people. So like I would literally just be around people and be like looking at their, you know, night out outfits. And I would just really try to keep up with my small budget and my Forever 21 clothes. And I mean, I, I think I was as confident then as I am now with my clothes. And it, it's really funny because the pressure out there is kind of like juxtaposition of how light I felt. And yeah, I never really thought about that before. Well, it's an interesting, it's an interesting paradox because with the, with the confidence that was coming from the inside, I mean, as much as fashion is something that empowers us, we judge by it as well, right? Yes. Like consciously or unconsciously. So I always feel like there's that that tension, not unlike social media in many ways, that can be such a source of empowerment and freedom and communication and awareness building mm -hmm. that can also be fraught with judgment and miscommunication, to put it gently. Yes, absolutely. I feel like that is like a heightened version of reality. And I've seen this phone case going around. Have you seen it? It says social media is bad for your mental health. Oh, preach. And it is. It really is. I mean, if you're on it all the time comparing and like really just, it will eventually knock you down. Yeah. And I think it's just about like finding your inner person and becoming your number one fan and being like, you know what? I'm killing it. Totally. I love my outfit. I love who I am. It's a tool. It's not validation. Yes, exactly. And also like just love posting pictures. Let's just keep it at that. You know what I mean? It doesn't, let's not make it deeper than it needs no, to be. No, it's pretty things. Yes. Like, which is part of fashion, right? Yeah. Like, yes. it, like it's part of the joy of the aesthetics and the sparkle and the shimmer and the, the softness and all of, and the, and the hard lines, like all the parts mm -hmm. that make up what fashion is are, are beautiful to, to at least the person who wears it. If mm -hmm. not, you know, those in the, privileged enough to observe them. Mm -hmm. It's such a personal, amazing thing. Yes, I agree. And, and I can't wait to get changed now for the day. I know. <laughs> I'm like, I just want to change my clothes now. But it's also, it's also symbols, right? And, and something I wanted to ask you because congratulations on your wedding. Oh, thank you. I looked down my ring is off because like, I just showered. <laughs> <laughs> but your wedding dress, because I totally looked online, was a beautiful, like white ball gown, which is such a symbol, right? Like it's the symbol yeah. of the bride. What did it, what did it mean to you to wear that? What did it feel like? Well, I had the privilege of actually creating it with Michael Costello, <gasps> which I'm sure I could have found something that I liked, but I think it's even more meaningful to have something that is literally built from the ground up or from, in this case, the cage up, because there was obviously a cage under there. There's a lot to hold up. Um, for me, that silhouette was something I had always seen walking down the aisle in and it symbolizes being a princess at the end of the day, you know, like all of the Disney princesses, they kind of have that silhouette and with the train and the veil and just the, the simplicity at the top with the extravagance at the bottom. I think it is so classic and so modern. It was very Cinderella. It was very, yes. Was and I beautiful. felt, I didn't want to take it off. It was so bad. When we, when, when it was done, the ceremony and we had to change into um, our reception looks, I was like, 
I don't want to take this off. It's so beautiful. Well, and there's something about feeling the fabric like whoosh around your legs and the weight. Like it's a sensory experience. It is. And that, the way that that dress was, like I look at photos, I'm like, geez, that really looks so heavy. But the way that it was cut and the way that it kind of floated above the ground was almost like it was a part of me. I didn't feel like I was wearing this extremely huge, heavy dress. It really just snatched at the waist, and it just felt like it was a part of me. I'm like, okay, am I a Disney princess? I'm not sure. <laughs> In my own mind, and for today, yeah. I absolutely am. <laughs> you could tell just, um, and again, I only saw the videos, but there was such joy in everybody's face, as there should be at a wedding. But it was so, you know, it's not often we have the privilege of um, seeing into a private moment. And the joy that was apparent there, just like it, it glowed through the screen. Yeah, we were all very excited. I would do it again in a minute. I keep saying that. I'm like, can we go back? Can we go back and do that whole experience again? Yeah, everyone's everyone's faces, everyone's like energy there was so happy. And like just especially the, the clash of the worlds. Like her family, my family, and our friends just really spending like a weekend together. There's nothing like that. You know, you can't buy that. And a lot of my family had never been out to LA. So it, and, and I mean, a lot of her family was from London and flew out. So it's like, it, that is, I think, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, what we had. So Absolutely. We had to film and share a little bit, you know? Of course. You have the, the, the gift of being called an icon to people. It's crazy. And a hero to people. Did you have icons and heroes growing up? I did. I think my main one, as silly as this may sound, Britney Spears... I mean, she's obviously a legend. She's an icon. Um, she sings amazing pop music, but she got me through a lot of hard times. And I think the way that I look at the word icon is, or legend or role model is somebody that transcends um, fame or power. Somebody that really, really like helps. Somebody that literally is like a really hard worker, puts in the time changes lives and, you know, consistently helps people. So when I get like, when I get comments like that and people writing me and saying that or telling me in person for that matter, it's like, wow, okay, I got to take a step back and be like, what, what I'm doing is meaningful and I'm fighting for these people too. So it's not just all about like the glitz and the glamour and the fun and the parties or whatever. It's like, okay, I'm telling my story for a reason because at the end of the day, I didn't really have any people in the LGBTQ plus community to look up to when I was younger. Like, I really felt, feel like Lady Gaga and Britney Spears, who are both biological women, were my role models. And it sounds silly because nowadays there are so many people out there sharing their stories who are transgender women, men, non-binary, gay people. It's like, they're, it's, it's so rich, but back then it really was nothing. Well, and I think whenever someone has the, the attributes that might make them iconic, it's not because their life has been easy. They're a source of inspiration yes. for those who are walking a similar path and see a light that means their path can go somewhere. Yes. Wow, that was an amazing way to put it, yeah. I mean, I think, I think for me, it's like when my movie came out, a lot of people were saying, oh, well, you know, she had it easy because she was blessed. Her dad was there with her. It's like where I have been blessed, I have struggles that maybe you you don't have. And it's, it's 
I feel like if I saw this thing online the other day, it's like, I think it was this long line and a little bit of it, like 10% of it was colored red. And it, it said what, um, what someone's going through. And then the red part was what you see the person's going through. Oh, and totally. it's so true because it's like, you know, surface level, people aren't going to let you in. Even your friends, you know, they're going through things and you may see them every single day. It's like, you know, you can't, you can't knock someone because of what you see. Oh, absolutely. And sharing that is so, is so hard and so vulnerable. But I feel like for me personally, it's so freeing because it's like, just let's get it out there. Let's talk about it. And like, maybe you won't feel so alone after watching a video of mine or hearing what I have to say about my story or journey. And does, does getting dressed still delight you? Like, is it still something that is part of what brings you joy and that you think about throughout the day? Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Like, for instance, in this moment, after we are done this podcast, I have clothes coming over for tonight, and I don't know what they are, which is even more exciting sometimes. It's Christmas! Yes, it is. You know what? Glam takes up a lot of my life, sitting in a chair, doing my makeup, getting it done, getting my hair done. Um, I love it. I love it all. And, you know, sometimes it can be, like, time-consuming, but... When you get that end look and you feel the confidence and if, if it's maybe something different that you haven't worn before, which is my favorite thing, trying new things, new hairstyles, new outfits, new silhouettes, all of it, I'm, it's like a feeling that you will never, you never thought that you would have that day. You know what I mean? I totally know what It's just mean. like, a, it's like a, a tornado of excitement. So I think the last time you were in Toronto was for the CAFA Awards, yeah? Yes. And you got a chance to see kind of like a snapshot of the Canadian fashion industry. Mm -hmm. Did you have any kind of thoughts about the talent you saw or impressions? Like, I'm just wondering if you had a bit of like a, a, a moment of thinking, huh, what yes. did you take in from all that? There was definitely several moments. So for me, I really, I mean, I saw it for what it was. It's a fashion award show. And I really thought that I was more up to date on my Canadian designers, I will say. That's literally the, maybe the one top thing I came away from. I'm like, wow, there are so many great talented designers who are strictly Canadian based. And a lot of people who are cruelty free and all that fab stuff. It's like, I need to really start paying attention. But the main, one of the main things, one of the other main things I took away was how creative and um, extravagant the fashion has got. Because when I was growing up, I don't really remember all of the kind of abstract, weird, um, strange architectural designs like I saw a lot of the awards that were given out to the designers for. And I was like, wow, like Toronto really has come so far. And I've only been away for a few years, but it was my first fashion award. So I really got to hone in on every single thing. And I was really impressed and I was proud to be Canadian. It's such a wonderful moment to have the, like whenever any industry or community gets together, to have the fashion community in one room like that is so exciting for anyone who touches that industry even a little bit. Yeah. And even to be nominated, like just to see the people's faces too, it's like they didn't even care about winning. They didn't care about just anything but being there and showing their looks. Also the looks that people had on that night. I was like, damn, like, where was this event? Like, I wish I could have been here years ago or, like, come before, but I can't wait to come again. And, um, yeah, there was actually this uh, couple 
for a pair of designers called Fecal Matter. Oh, from Montreal, yeah. From Montreal, and they were sitting at our table, and my friend George, who um, is styling me today, he um, he was like, oh, you haven't heard of Fecal Matter? I was like, no. Like, I make Fecal Matter every day, <laughs> but I've not heard of them. He's like, oh, you're going to die. So when we sat with them, they were so nice, and I didn't know that there was anything like that in Toronto. So I was really, really happy to see that. They won the Image Maker Award, I believe. Yes. And are pushing the boundaries. They really do. And, like, it's, it's captivating, their images and the things that they make and wear. It's like, how are those proportions happening? Like, the what material? The skin? Yeah, I know. It's crazy. And they're so sweet. Like, honestly, like, uh, angels, both of them. And I think there's an intellectualness to what they do that is also so fascinating. Like taking the idea of fashion and beauty and subverting it yeah. and forcing us to look at something in a different way. I agree. I agree. It's deeper. It totally is. And it's working. Yeah, exactly. Working. Right? <laughs> what gets you fired up now, Gigi? Like what gets you excited to get up in the morning? I mean, honestly, not to go back to the glam, but I love a good mood board. I love a good vision for a glam session. Um, I And I honestly, I feel like I wake up every single day just like, what's on the agenda today? Like, I'm not the kind of person that can just lay and do nothing unless there's a really good TV series on or anything. But even then, I can't binge watch like a whole season. I need to be doing something. So whether it's, you know, filming a YouTube video, doing a photo shoot, traveling, um, going to a fashion show, going to a magazine party like today. It's like, even even if it's redecorating the house a little bit, that like, I get like inspired and I take like, I take initiative and I get energy from that. So it's whatever's on the calendar. It's like, let's do it. Let's kill it. Let's have fun with it. And let's make today a moment. Well, and I think like the whole idea of like the glam session, as you call it, like it's a creative activity. Yes. Like it's, you know, it it can fuel the same kind of fire as someone who does oil painting or writes plays. And, and that's what I think is so exciting about, about fashion and beauty and the world that you, that you live in. Yeah. And it's also, it's extremely limitless. Like if you think, oh, how many, you know, pantsuits can you wear? How many, you know, little going out dresses can you wear? Or how many hairstyles are there possibly to do? It's literally forever changing and there's new accessories, there's new, you know, hair extensions, there's new wigs, there's just, it's, the, the possibilities are endless and I think that's what's so exciting because I'm not a pro when it comes to fashion. I like having fun with it as much as I can, but it's nice having other people around you who are more experienced to kind of bring you in and educate you. And it's like when I learn something new or like a different trick or a different silhouette, I'm like, wow, I feel... I feel empowered. And at the end of the day, I feel more intelligent. That's so great. <laughs> if you could turn back to like your 14 or 15 year old self and share with them what the future holds, what do you think they would say? I think, I think they would be more excited than anything because I felt when I was 14 and 15, I was kind of just coming into my sexual orientation and my gender and all that. So I was a little bit crazy, but I think I would tell myself, push it more because it's only going to help you to make these mistakes now. Like, you know, wearing that crazy, crazy dress that might be the most hideous thing on earth makes you feel great. So wear it out. 
because a lot of the time I think I would put things back down or second guess myself because I was like, oh, you know, like I'm going out with these people and they're going to think weirdly of me or, you know, what if somebody gives me a look or calls me a name? It's like really at the end of the day, like once your skin is thick, a lot of that stuff will stop bothering you. And it's all about like how you feel inside. So stop worrying about what everyone else thinks even more than you already are. Because I think my 14, 15 year old self was doing pretty good, but I think that they could have done um, even more, pushed it more. Do you think that the clothes we wear when they feel like our true self reinforce that thick skin, that like true to our self feeling that gives us the strength? Like, do you think they worked in tandem together? Yes. I think at the end of the day, I don't think that it's, how you look. I think it's literally how you present. And even if someone is looking crazy, you know, like say they're hungover, they have last night's makeup on. If they come and they present correct and they're present and you see and feel the confidence in them, you're going to think that person is beautiful. So it's even if I spend two hours getting ready and you know, all of this, I look perfect. If I'm shy and subdued and all of that, then the confidence won't, it won't translate. So I feel that it's it's literally about how you feel inside and if that that blazer or that outfit can make you feel that then it's obviously working you had a film come out in 2017 yes your book came out this year yep what's on the horizon for you um i have uh, a bunch of stuff i'm working on currently but i'm most excited about a project i'm launching in november and it has something to do with makeup I'm very, very excited, and we shoot a bunch of fun stuff next month, so I'm very excited. Follow along at Gigi Gorgeous to stay tuned. <laughs> yes. Gigi, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for being here and for the conversation. Oh, thank you for having me. Well, thank you for coming over, and thank you for the conversation. It was amazing. We'll talk soon. Stay gorgeous. <laughs>